Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Richard. I believe that God exists. I also believe that God's desire is to make himself known to us. That we may respond to him and enter into a lifelong relationship with him. Do you ever walk out at night, maybe into your back garden, or maybe into unlit areas, or maybe you see out of your bedroom window those beautiful nights that are crystal clear and the heavens are brightly lit up with countless stars, countless galaxies, planets, the moon, the sheer awesome wonder of it all. Do you ever feel like that? Because if you do, then you are beginning to feel the presence and the existence of God. I believe that God does reveal His presence because He wants to reveal His presence. Just imagine if you were someone who wished to disappear. Just think of the lengths that you would have to go to to ensure that nobody on this earth could ever find you, that nobody on this earth would ever have a trace of you and your life, it would be impossible. It would be truly impossible. Because you will have left your mark in this world in some form. And so it is with God. It is impossible to fail to realise the existence of God. It was interesting, I read this uh, not that long ago, that a couple of years ago, a survey took place in the United States of all the astronomers who were working professionally and the overwhelming majority of them believe in the existence of God. It fits in entirely in harmony with their astronomical outlook and understanding and so on. And I'm not at all surprised, because what other answer could there be? God leaves his footprints all over his creation. We see the awesome majesty of the Creator as we look up to the heavens on those gloriously clear nights. To go to the other extreme, just think of one raindrop that has fallen 
to sustain life. In Acts of the Apostles chapter 14 and verse 17, it says, The Lord is never without his testimony, for he gives you rain from heaven and crops for each season. And so through rain, through the warmth of the sun, through the nutrients of the soil, God is bearing witness that he exists, that he is there, that he is very, very real. And there are moments in our lives when we may have a kind of mountaintop experience where once again we feel confirmed in the knowledge that God is real. And I remember a couple, again two or three years ago, Barbara and I um, down in southern Spain went into one of the national parks there, Park de Tortel, I don't know if anybody knows it, but it is an amazing place. It is set very high up. And there is, you eventually come to a viewing point, which is on the precipice. And you look down thousands of feet onto the villages below. You look across to the mountain tops, silhouetted against the deep blue sky. This is 40 miles inland and you can look out to the Mediterranean Sea as clearly as I can see Peggy sat at the back of the church today. It's an awesome sight and it, 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 it helps you to feel something very spiritual that God in his glory and majesty leaves his mark in every aspect of his creation. But we believe as Christians in a very unique and true and living God. And many people say, well how can you be sure? How can you be sure? What makes your faith any different to the belief and beliefs of others. There are answers to this. The fundamental answer comes through the truth that God has revealed himself to us through speaking to us. And if we think about the ways in which God has spoken to humankind. He has done so through his word. Better known to us these days as the Bible. And although many scholars and biblical criticism theses are aimed at trying to prove that these sacred texts were written by human beings. Yes, they were, but they were written by human beings who were acting under the inspiration and the guidance and the authorship of God himself. 
And so, if we want to develop our relationship with God, if we want to become more certain in our faith, if we want to have a source of strength in our lives which is unshakable, then please, please, please let us be people who read His Word that our journey may develop, that our relationship may develop because we are reading more about Him. We are seeing how He interacts with humanity. It says in Hebrews that God spoke through His prophets and in many other ways. In Timothy we read that all Scripture is God-breathed. This is not only useful, as Timothy says, but it is essential if we are going to live faithfully for God in this world. The Bible is vital to me, and I cannot overemphasize its importance in the development of faith. Please spend time with the Word of God. Pray that He will speak to you through those words that are recorded there for every generation in every time and space and region. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to get to know Him. God also spoke supremely through Jesus Christ, God himself. As John describes it in his prologue to the Gospel, the Word became flesh. As the prophet Isaiah foretold, the Messiah would be Emmanuel, God with us. And it is Jesus coming into the world full of the Holy Spirit that we see God in human form. There can be no longer any excuses for guessing what God is like. Like those wonderful and innocent illustrations that we read about or see from children and what their ideas are of God. As we develop into adults, it is a very sad thing if we continue to guess what God is like. We can find out what God is like by focusing upon His Word and by focusing upon the words, the teachings and the life and nature of Jesus Christ himself. And so God wants a relationship with us and that relationship goes on each day of our lives. And so what is this God like that we are called into a relationship with? What is he like? Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well that God 
spirit. But this idea of God as spirit isn't some kind of idea of a strange ethereal force floating around through the universe. Just a source of power that does this, that and the other. That is not a true understanding of the spiritual nature of God at all. And if you think about God, you will begin to realise, as we are told in his word, and through the words of Jesus, that this spirit, God, is a person. He is a person. And we know this beyond all doubt, as we look at the evidence, and we see someone here who is thinking, someone who is creating, someone who is loving, someone who is caring, someone who is providing, someone who is acting, someone who is judging, someone who is forgiving. Now all these actions are the stuff of our lives. We all do these things. And of course we do, because we are made in the image of God. We are many versions, ideally, of God. And the characteristics that we have, and the natures that we have, in their perfect form, are the very natures and characteristics of the person who is God. And so don't think of God as an it. God is a very real living person. And we will see him one day face to face. The Bible also tells us that God is holy. In the book of Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this, that you are so holy that you cannot even look upon evil. And God is holy. He is righteous. He and he alone is perfect. And I think that this is so important because if we really absorb this, if we really allow it to take root in our lives, what we begin to see immediately is the huge difference between ourselves and God. That no matter how much we struggle and we do this, that and the other, and we think this and that and the other, the truth of the matter is that whatever we do is so poorly insignificant in terms of righteousness when compared with God. And that is why I claim and would proclaim every minute of every day, if I had to, that without God we are nothing. Our need of God is total. 
utterly total. Because we read also in his word that our God is a God who judges. And this is the other side of the coin that we need to be aware of. Not in terms of blackmail or bribery at all. But in terms of true understanding of what God is like and what his purpose and nature are. You and I, one day, will stand face to face with God. And he will be in that position, as is his right of judge. Do you want to be there as you are? Do I want to be there as I am? But the good news, and I finish with this, the good news is this. That as Richard has already read to us this morning, this God who was creator, this God who wants a relationship with us, this God who has spoken to us, this God who is holy, this God who judges, is at the end of the day pure Love. And in his love for a fallen humanity that we are a part of, he has provided a way to be forgiven and to be forgiven indeed for whatever we have done in our lives. That at the end of the day, if we bow the knee to him and seek his forgiveness, then through the price paid by Jesus himself upon the cross, we shall be forgiven. And we can continue to grow in our relationship with God. And we can continue to feel those certainties transforming ourselves that we may become strong for him and live to the kingdom values in this world, that we may be of encouragement and hope to people who are lost and broken. And that is the wonderful, wonderful thing about God, that he loves us so much that he wants us to come to him he wants us to trust him. He wants to spend eternity with us. So let us add that to what we were thinking about last week as part and parcel of the basic beginnings of the journey of life in God.